And I thought, like, what is the fragrance of 1920s Paris sex club? Mm -hmm. What is the fragrance of that? You know, because we know, like, the the fragrances are more animalistic. Yeah. Even, you know. So if you think about the 20s, it was this time where women were finding liberation. They were finding their voice. They were cutting their hair off. They were asserting their masculinity. They were taking control. And they were freeing themselves from this Victorian ideology that was so backwards. Welcome back to our conversation with Dita Von Tees and Marianne Machaskio. In part two, we explore Dita's collaboration with perfumer and heretic parfum founder, Douglas Little. Douglas joins us now, and together, he and Dita tell the story behind their latest fragrance, Scandalwood. They talk about their creative process, finding inspiration in vintage erotica, and why the social revolution of the 1920s made it such a rich period for perfumery. Bear it all with Dita Von Tees and Douglas Little on Scent World. We're joined by Douglas Little, founder of Heretic Perfume, here to talk about Scandalwood, a perfume that the two of you recently collaborated on. So the collaboration, we've been wanting to do a fragrance together for a very long time. Uh, we've been friends what feels like forever, but mm-hmm. yet it feels like no time at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always had a immense uh, admiration for Dita and I think obviously for her aesthetic beauty, but I think more than that for the artist that she is. And um, we've always had this incredible connection as an artist to an artist. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to kind of have conversations that have been extraordinarily inspirational. And I think that we both have walked away from being uh, very inspired and intrigued and um, when I had my first company, I really wanted to do a project with Dita, but it just never seemed to gel. And mm-hmm. as they say, you know, things happen at the right time for the right reason. And so we started talking about what it would be like. And, you know, I think that one of the things that's very important for people to understand about fragrance and about, you know, getting involved in fragrance, especially if you are someone of notoriety, is that most of the time is that you're really not given many choices. You're mm-hmm. really given like, this is what a group of people have decided is going to sell. And then you have to be saddled with that and then getting behind it. And so when we decided that we wanted to do this, Dita's first thing was, well, if we're going to do this, let's make something amazing. Like, let's make something that is yeah. truly incredible and let's break the mold and step outside of what mm-hmm would be considered marketable by most people. Let's just make something that we love. Mm -hmm. And that's what like, you know, even now I get goosebumps thinking about it because those are like, this is why we both have strayed from the path that everyone else has treaded is to do Mm -hmm. something outside of the norm. And when I was working on the last of my perfumes, Erotique, the one that people know and Mm -hmm. love, I would, you know, I would make these perfumes and I'd come back with the samples from Paris and I'd ask Douglas's opinion. And I was kind of like stuck a little bit with Erotique. And I think you, you know, gave me some advice of things that they could try. And so Erotique was my favorite to wear all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first thing I said, can we like make a new version of Erotique that's like, you know, better <laughs> and also cleaner? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what Scandalwood is. Yeah, like I was like, I, I need I need a fragrance to wear. Yeah, <laughs> I need exactly. something to fill my empty heart. That must have mm-hmm. been so freeing, getting together <laughs> as two artists and being like, we can do whatever we want with this yeah. fragrance right now. It was, it was, and you know, 
this brand, Heretic, I started this brand, you know, much like Tita, going against the grain of what the perfume industry said was possible. And, you know, when we decided to do this, I really wanted to collaborate with someone who not only I admired, but also someone who I really felt had authenticity of what they do, and, and it reflected back to the product itself. Mm -hmm. So there was a thread that was a very clean thread. It was a very through thread that I think when someone looks at the product and they see who she is and they get to discover it, that it all is one story and it feels very consistent. What was the creative process like as you started collaborating? Easy. It was very easy. <laughs> it was super easy, like between the visuals that we made, like shot at the beautiful Paramore estate, yeah. which is kind of like my home away from home. Um, yeah, like with all the visuals and aesthetics, that's, and the fragrance, of course, I feel like was easy too. And then you came up with this name Scandalwood and I was like, perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it evoked what I loved about my fragrance I had to abandon. And, you know, we got to make it newer and better and open to a wider audience as yeah. well. I think some of my fondest memories of when we were starting with this was when we would sit together and geek out about vintage decants and vintage mm -hmm. perfumes because we're both avid collectors. I think our homes are more museums than they are homes. <laughs> yeah. um, and we love all of the similar things. And so when it came to fragrance, we both had this real love of a very specific, I mean, we both love all fragrance and mm -hmm. of all time periods, but we both had this thing that we were stuck on with this one particular period during the 1920s in perfume. And we were referencing them over and over and over again. And we really wanted to try to see if we could bring that to life in a modern context mm -hmm. in Scandalwood. What was going on in the 20s that mm. was so fascinating? Well, there were a lot of I ingredients mean, you could never use now, of right. course. But things were really like kind of funky and dangerous and dirty and mm -hmm. um, more erotic, I think, you know, like it, it, even some of the imagery. Like, of course, we know like there's some, you know, typical fragrance ads and stuff. It's like there were, if you, there were a lot of like really artistic things going on perfumed besides just like flowers. And I always thought like when I'm, I used to like to read, I still do read vintage erotica. And I thought like, what is the fragrance of 1920s Paris sex club? Mm -hmm. What is yeah. the fragrance of that? You know, because we know like the, the fragrances are more animalistic. Yeah. Even, you know, just there was just something else that was not about just flower bombs. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want I never wanted to smell like a flower bed. Yeah. Or like, you know, a girly girl. I wanted something that was powerful and also that a man could wear or a woman could wear, you know, mm -hmm. that that strength and power in a fragrance. You have to remember, I think back to the strength and power that exists in Scandalwood, is that you have to remember that fragrance is a product that's made by an artist. And I think that a lot of people disassociate the fact that what's in this bottle was made by an artist. Mm -hmm. And art in all its forms is typically the result of some type of socioeconomic thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about the 20s, you think about the late 20s, that it was this time where women were finding liberation, they were finding their voice, they were cutting their hair off, they were asserting their masculinity, they were taking control and they were saying, I want 
this. Mm-hmm. They were smoking. They were they were having a good time. And they were freeing themselves from this Victorian ideology that was so backwards. And so what was happening was the fragrances started to get really carnal where you mm-hmm. were seeing, you know, people going and using these absurd amounts of orange blossom, which has these really high concentrations of a molecule called indole. And indole is also present in feces. And the reason that perfumers <laughs> push and pull indole is to be able to give something that's really raunchy, erotic note that is buried underneath all the beauty. Mm-hmm. And that was very much like you think about, you know, you were mentioning um, uh, Tabac Blonde and Narcisse Noir uh, and yeah. like, you know, Caron and, and Cody, like these, like people, it was like this explosive time in perfumery where it was like, you know, Lalique was collaborating with Cody and there were two artists that were like, wow, we both want to create something that is about this aesthetic beauty. How can we do it? And so for me, collaborating with Dita, I felt like I got to step into the shoes of Cody for a second. And I was working with Renee Lalique and we were doing something that was transformative. Do you know what I mean? We were able to truly, as two artists, be unabashed about the fact that we want this to have this raunchy quality to it. And we wanted to center it around something that was, I think, interesting and new, which was a sandalwood note, because sandalwood's really been very trending for quite a while now. mm -hmm. And we wanted to do a new spin on it. And uh, and so I think that that's really like why and where the kind of references to the vintage culture come from is is a part and parcel from that. Beautiful. My gosh. I can't wait to smell it. So can <laughs> we talk about the notes? And yeah. I would love for you to as possible. Uh, so sandalwood, sandalwood acts as the core component of the fragrance. Um, but this particular fragrance, I think what it really comes forwards in it is the musk in it. Okay. Um, we worked with a very specific type of a musk um, that is what is considered a safe synthetic musk. Uh, it took a long time to be able to find a musk that Dita loved because obviously in the world of fragrance, there's thousands of musks to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really wanted to create something that embodied the kind of creaminess of erotique that had the the voluptuous of erotique, which erotique had some, it did have some wood notes to it, but it also played with some black tea. It played with a lot of rose. And then I think that the biggest thing was the coriander that was at the top of the fragrance. And so I worked with all of those same notes. Uh, I think the coriander in this really sparkles at the top, but you've got to remember, and I think this is something that's also fun about this collaboration is that I make fragrances working with 100% natural materials. And so when we first started working together, I kept showing her all these all-natural blends. And I would show them to her and she was like, I know she was being very polite, um, but she was like, could, could we maybe like try to make them maybe a little bit more glamorous, like maybe where they feel a little bit more sensual? And so <laughs> after many iterations, uh, I finally said, you know what, I think that this is the one fragrance that... Uh, I'll abandon my uh, doing yeah. 100% natural. Because again, I you know, I like artifice, but also I have to say everyone should know not everything that's just like considered natural is actually okay. Right. Or it's not, that doesn't mean that it's not, your skin's not going to react. We all know that there are very dangerous natural things out there. Mm-hmm. And that also includes fragrance. So like, that's where I was like, okay, well maybe scandal was going to be just the one that's like a little bit natural adjacent. I loved it. And on top of it, you know, as a perfumer, uh, you know, I'll keep sliding back into this thing of of the art form of it is that I think it's ridiculous to say that an artist is going to paint with blue paint for the rest of their life. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm. this is impossible to say, like, I'm only going to work with naturals. Mm-hmm. But I did 
say to Dita that my work with synthetics was going to be relegated to working with her. Mm -hmm. And so it really, for me, it allows me to slide into this other place of glamour and of beauty and of artifice and of the things that I absolutely love. And, you know, my, my father and mother were photographers and I grew up in a photography studio watching glamour and beauty being made all the time. And so, you know, as an adult, it's so wonderful to have a product like this that we've created that I think our goal with this formula was to be able to give something to someone that transports them and that allows them to put this veil of beauty on this veil of sensual. It allows them to connect to something that is, that is very personal and also something that allows them to become something better. For sure. And I feel like, I mean, when we were speaking about it over at the couch, I smelled it. I was like, why do I have chills suddenly? Like it really does bring something out of you and transports you there. Who are you when you wear Scandalwood? When I wear Scandalwood, I wear Scandalwood when I'm typically putting on suits. Um, And I love wearing Scandalwood because for me, it does it does have a completely gender full. I think that it is the word genderless, I think is inappropriate mm-hmm. because I think that this is about the masculine and the feminine because this is a strong fragrance, but at the same time, it has a very delicate, romantic and fe- feminine nuance to mm-hmm. it. Um, so when I put this on, I love this because I think I have always felt very confident in my masculine and my feminine. And this allows me to feel like those worlds all come together and it feels very polished. Absolutely. Does Scandalwood kind of transform you, Dita, when you put it on? Like, yeah, you- for me, it's like the ultimate femme total fragrance. Total, I always say femme total because it is like everything. And it really is, you know, I wear it a lot in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely become my signature. But for me, I, like I said, I always had this fascination with, you know, being that image that like, what would Marlena Dietrich wear? Yes. She's not wearing that. She's wearing something that evokes power. And I also would wear it with like a tuxedo for sure. Yes. But it's, you know, it's my everyday fragrance, um, my nighttime fragrance. And it really has that range. I feel like I smell mm-hmm. it and I'm like, I am a yeah. lady in a sheer robe and feather <laughs> mules ready to like go kill my husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that you went through many iterations. What is this close to the beginning iteration or how much did it change? So yes, the formulation changed quite a bit mm-hmm. during the process uh, from where we started to where we ended. Um, I immediately when I started this formula, I really built this with a big rose core. Um, I really thought we were going to go into this kind of more voluptuous floral note. And it was Dita that kept dialing back the rose and that kept uh, wanting to get the fragrance. I'm going to say, I think that the direction that you kept pushing in with this was you kept giving it more champagne. Mm. Um, To me, this has this has this interesting aldehydic note to it that sparkles. And so when you smell it, like even now when I smell it and it's dried on the blotter for a while, it has like that, you know, when you pop a cork of champagne and you smell the the kind of all the esters that are coming out of it where it feels kind of fizzy on your yeah. nose, like this has that aldehydic note that stays with it. And that took me, Dita, pushing me into that direction to get it to happen. And once we got there, you know, I think that the rose comes in secondary. It's like once all of it starts to dry down, you start to find the floral in it. But the floral 
is the floral is wearing a tuxedo, like for sure. It's like, it's a floral that's in some menswear. Um, it's got all the structure that you want from a men's fragrance, but yet at the same time, it's got this very interesting wink to it. What was some of your feedback with the initial version? Oh it's been so long. It's hard to remember, <laughs> but I mean, the things you're saying, like I do love rose fragrances mm -hmm. and I do love rose, but I always like the idea of rose, like, you know, tied with a leather whip, you know, something that's got an edge to it because I don't really like typical rose, but I like big full roses and I like it when it has a smack of something unusual. So I think that's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. They say that artists are people that know when to stop adding to a piece of work or mm -hmm. when to pull back and know when it's finished. How did you know that you had arrived at Scandalwood? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, it's funny too, as two artists, I would imagine that we would have just gone and gone and gone and never released anything. But I think mm -hmm. we both... <laughs> I think we both are two people that have to wear a business hat. And so I think we both were looking at this as like, yes, we want to make something beautiful, but we also need to bring it to market. We wanted to see it come off of the ground and not just exist as an idea between two people. And so we did put a timeline on it and we did structure it so that we could actually bring it to life and bring it to market. What I've been the most impressed with is that, and I think it's been due to financial constraints, you know, because it is terribly expensive to mm -hmm. do fragrance like it's a very mm -hmm. expensive profession um and i'm surprised that we haven't launched like a bajillion fragrances because we both have so many ideas and we both you know love this this so much that i think that's been interesting to see the restraint there um and we're gearing up to launch a new iteration of scandalwood um so we're but it's it's been in the making for a long time a lot of back and forth and discussions and so it's, it'll be exciting to see what the 2.0 looks like. That's exciting. I'm sure you can't reveal much, but what can you tell us about? What is it, Scandalwood 2.0? No. The, the, fragrance, <laughs> the fragrance is going to be called Scandalwood Rouge. Ooh. Uh, and it's going to be centered around uh, red sandalwood, so uh, which is a different form of the sandalwood tree and has a very different note to it. And I'm going to say that it's even more unapologetic. Yeah, I mean, I just remember when we were testing it and we were like vacillating between like like it was a love-hate thing like, ooh, that one it makes me angry. Give me some more. <laughs> like it was very like that this fragrance is very um I would it's not polarizing. It's just like one of those things you're like the nerve. It's so powerful. Yeah, the nerve. That's the really nerve, good. Yeah. It's got a lot of nerve and audacity. And I didn't, at first I was like, no, I hate that. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm totally drawn to it. <laughs> it just, I don't know how to explain it. It's like very, um, yeah, like, and even now when I'm, when I've been wearing it, it's like, I love spraying it and I walk out and I'm just like, are you ready for this? Because <laughs> I know, like you were wearing it and you walked by me and I was like, oh, oh, oh God, that is strong. And then I was like, could you do walk by me again? Like very, like we were in, we were in uh, Bangkok and yeah. we were, he introduced it, the idea to me the first time this new one he'd been working on. And it was just really like, it's just funny because it, it is, is yeah. what I want was just like, I want to be, 
it's not like I want to be smacked in the face with the perfume, but that you want to like want more of it. Yeah. You want it to be addictive and carnal. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about that. I'm really excited to be, to wear it. I wanted to wear it today, but I refrained. <laughs> it was like, it's not time next time we'll wear it. But um, how I knew we we're finished with any perfume. I know that when I'm wearing it lavishly and people start commenting on it in a good way. And also when I smell it on my dressing gown the next day. The time for me that I knew that the fragrance was finished was uh, I was living in New York at the time and uh, I had to go for a meeting uh, in Soho and I was living on the Upper West and I put my suit on and I was walking out the door and I had a little decant of the scandalwood and I sprayed it on and I went and I got onto the subway Mm. and I was, one, I thought I was being mugged Yeah, and then two... (laughs) Uh, they came up to me and it was a guy and it was a guy that chased me down and he was like, look like your average like investment guy. And he was like, what are you wearing? And I said, oh, wow, thank you. And he was like, that's incredible. He was like, you walked by me and it like completely blew me away. And, uh, and so I told him, I was like, oh, I'm working on this fragrance and this, that, and the other. And then later that day, I had someone later say, you smell incredible. And I was like, mm-hmm. yep, we, we hit that's it. That's how you know. Yeah. yeah started a secret focus group yeah it's yeah. a secret focus group exactly i wonder where that guy is now is he wearing it is hopefully he he's wearing it? it i hope so i hope so i hope he's listening to this and he gets exactly. a shout out <laughs> i think the other thing too that's interesting with uh with working with you and it's one of the things Uh-oh. that i love is uh <laughs> i think you guys were talking earlier about vanilla and um you know <laughs> One of the notes that we would talk about and play with was patchouli. And it was really funny. Like I would bring patchouli up to Dita and it would be like this kind of love-hate. Yeah. Like you love it. You hate it. Yep. Yeah. Right. And it all depends on like how you I work like with it. it. I yeah. use it. I've used it in other my other fragrances too. Like, but I was always like, it really has to be with something super glamorous. Exactly. And it's that yin yang mm-hmm. that I think is so important. And I think that, you know, in these fragrance conversations, it's really important to you know, beauty doesn't exist without a little bit of darkness. You know, there there has to be that little bit of edge in it. And so, you know, something like patchouli, and patchouli plays a nice part in Scandalwood. It definitely is. It seats right at the bottom of this fragrance, but it's buried and locked in this way that it's undiscernible. You just know that it's got this kind of filthiness to mm-hmm. it that comes across that's really wonderful and inviting. Uh, and of course, we all know the patchoulis that you know, remind you of being at a Grateful Dead concert. And that's a whole different kind of patchouli. Uh, and so still I, fun, still fun, <laughs> but different. It's, but I think different. it's fun. I agree. I mean, there's a place for all of it. Um, so but I think that in conversations, when you say, you know, the word Dita Von Teese, I think that it's the ultimate glamour queen, you know, it's the queen of burlesque. I think the last thing that people would associate with that would be something like patchouli. And you know, this happens to be a note that, you know, Dita loves to play with. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And it definitely is a powerful fragrance. It's definitely like a fragrance that you put it on and nobody can tell you shit for the rest of the day. Like you are standing in your power. And (laughs) I hope everybody feels that way when they wear Scandalwood personally. Absolutely. I guess just to wrap things up, I would love to hear the story of how the two of you met because I hear it's quite interesting. It's a funny story. How did we meet? I can't remember (laughs) right now. I feel like I've just known you forever. I don't remember. Yeah. So at the time, um, 
I had my first company, mm -hmm. which is a company called DL and Company. Mm -hmm. And I had just moved my offices into the California Mart in downtown LA. And actually the offices weren't a creative space. It was just really like a finance office. Mm -hmm. And so I was going in to go meet with my investor and to sit down and do a planning meeting. And I had come directly from the gym and I had planned to be there for no longer than I had to because I really hated multiple I getting into the numbers was not my favorite part of the business. Yeah. So I was like, fine, I'm just going to go from the gym and go. So I ran downtown, I got into the elevator and um, got into in the parking garage and we go up one floor, it stops and who walks in but the lovely Dita Von <laughs> and her manager at the time. Oh. And I... Um, I basically turned into liquid. So I was so em embarrassed and floored that I'm now standing in the elevator with Dita Von Teese. She's no more than four feet away from me. And I'm in my sweats from the gym. So <laughs> my best thinking was to turn around and face the wall. So as you do. And so I just turned around, <laughs> faced the wall of the elevator. And I was like, it's going to be fine. Like, she's not going to notice me. And I know you didn't. And so we go up. And of course, she has to get off on the floor where my office was. Um, so she got off the elevator. I waited until basically it almost the doors closed. And then I jumped out and went the other way and uh, ran to my offices. And I knew where she was going because where on the same going? floor oh. was the Swarovski okay. offices. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ran into my offices and my assistant at the time um, was there. And uh, I told her, I said, Dita is in the building. And I was like, you need to put a package together and you need to run down there right now. And so she was like, okay, okay, okay. And so she, we whipped together this package and she ran down to the thing and she went and delivered the package and uh, she came back and she was all smiles and she was like, she is the most lovely person. I was so like blown away with it all. And she was like, she actually knew, she actually knew the products. Of and I was course. like, how? And she goes, oh, apparently she was given some at the wedding with Marilyn. And um, she was like, you know, she knew about them. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And I was totally freaked out. And I thought that that was it. Like end of the sentence. And I was like, okay, Dita got my products. I'm thrilled. And then it was like a week later, this purple envelope arrived. The scented purple envelope arrived. Scented. <laughs> and I opened up and it was a thank you note from her. And uh, and you were so lovely and thanked me for the, the lovely <laughs> gifts. And um, I believe you actually even, I think you gave me your phone number in the thing. You said that we should connect at some point. And I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. And it was like gasoline on a fire like <laughs> after that it was explosive We're thick as and we started uh, we started bumping into each other all over the world and yeah all these crazy things where we were in the same places at built the same a network and... like all introducing to lots of my friends yep. like ali bethany mm -hmm. and like we just kind of feel like we have a close-knit group of glamour aficionados that stretches from here to paris and beyond and beyond yeah and it's been just this amazing, amazing collaborative, you know, work of, um, you know, like now I'm doing some work with Swarovski and, you know, we've been doing projects like the projects don't, they just, I think the point of this is they don't end with fragrance mm -hmm. and that it really is this been this really beautiful connection of two artists coming together with this love of beauty and wanting to do something that is very different. Mm -hmm. Beautiful.
Well, Douglas and Data, thank you so much for coming and sharing your stories. I feel like I learned a lot. I have a lot of research today because I'm interested in all of your historical references and I'm going to be wearing scandal wood from this day forward. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Let well, we're very know. happy to do this. Yeah. That was Marianne Machescu, Douglas Little, and Dita Von Tees, based in Los Angeles, California. Up next on Scent World, perfume and style advice from the iconic drag queen and TV personality, Trixie Mattel. For more unfiltered conversations with perfumers, visionaries, and fragrance lovers, follow Scent World wherever you get your podcasts. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani, edited by Ramiro Gava, mixed by Alex Roses, production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.